This is the My Whittier Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Reese, longtime Whittier resident and self-proclaimed foodie. I thought it would be fun to give you a local's perspective on the city of Whittier, California, the city we all call home. On this podcast, we celebrate Whittier's past, present, and future. We champion small business, and we embrace community. Welcome back to the show. Whittier, what is going on? Welcome back to the My Whittier podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 6th. It is a very cloudy day here in Whittier, California. It's early in the morning. I am working on a very strong iced coffee right now, and uh, it is all good. Life is good right now. We're coming off the heels of a three-day weekend. Hopefully, you had a really good uh, Labor Day, Labor Day on Monday, and um, on Labor Day, I was talking to a lot of people in my family and just friends. I was uh, asking when they got their first job. When did you get your first job? And everybody was kind of like, why are you asking me about my first job? And I said, well, it's Labor Day. Hello, it's Labor Day. This is the reason why we have the day off. You know, we are putting our feet up because we've been working for so long. And, um, yeah, a lot of uh, it was a lot of interesting answers. I had my first job, I think when I was 16, I worked over near Presbyterian Hospital. There was there's a convalescent hospital there. And I actually went in there, applied for a job and got a job in the kitchen, preparing the food, washing dishes and all that stuff and it was a uh, eye-opening experience because when you're a kid you're thinking, yeah, I want to get money. I want to make some money. I want to get a job. And so uh, that's what I did. And um, it was uh, it was a tough job at 16 years old. Tough job. That wasn't a glamorous position at all, but that's when I started working. And I've been working ever since. So, um, yeah, it was just interesting to hear what people did and how uh, early they started their work journey. So uh, what did you do? What did you do as a kid? Did you work as a kid? Did you wait till you were an adult? Did you go to college? Did you not work? I'm very curious to know. So uh, message me and let me know what your first job was. Now, uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. We are going on our, I think it's 11 years doing this my Whittier craziness and uh, I feel like we're just getting started it really feels like that sometimes you know with the podcast and the YouTube channel and all of that stuff that we are learning about every single day it just seems like it's a new experience so um, you can find me there I would really appreciate the follow and if you head over to uh, YouTube and you subscribe to my channel, I would really appreciate that. So uh, if you're a uh, returning listener, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. Maybe you're listening right now on your drive home. Maybe you are at home just kicking back, doing some things around the house, listening to the podcast. However you consume this podcast, I really appreciate that. And if you are a new listener, this is a Whittier-centric podcast. This is uh, a local show put on by a Whittier local. 
I'm a, a Whittier resident, a very long time Whittier resident. I've been doing this for a long time, and I thought it would be fun to, you know, dig into the city that we call home and just fill you in on the happenings, fill you in on what's going on, touch base with you, and provide some uh, value and benefits on this podcast. So welcome to the show, and uh, a quick shout out to all of my out-of-town listeners. Maybe you listen to the show out of the city or out of the country. I have a few people in like Germany and other areas, so I really appreciate that. So shout out to you guys. You are no longer here, but your heart is here. Your heart is here in Whittier, so you're kind of keeping tabs on what's going on in your hometown, so I really appreciate that. So why don't we get into the show right now? We've got a good show for you today. I think you're going to really like it, and uh, let's do that right now. All right, so as I get older in my years, I'm 54 years old, I turned 54 in July, and I am extremely immature, but I'm 54, so there's that. But um, I, you know, over the years, my friends are growing older with me, I have family members that are growing older, and I talk to a lot of people here in town, and over the years, the, uh, the discussion comes up a lot of, you know, my mom passed away and left me a house or uh, my uncle passed away and he had a business and he doesn't, he didn't have anybody to leave it to. So we're kind of running the business. There are so many different dynamics that happen when somebody passes away. Right. And, um, you know, I've had friends that inherited homes and different kind of situations like that. And, if there's no will in place or there wasn't any kind of uh, estate planning that was that was put into play, it gets a little sticky. You know, I've seen people fight over money. Um, just just there's so many different dynamics that happen when that happens. So um, we don't really a, a large majority of us don't really think about planning for that to happen. You know, maybe there's. Um, a will drawn up on a piece of paper, or maybe there's some discussion, you know, you guys talk about it, but there's nothing kind of in writing. There's nothing in stone. And so when the time comes and someone passes away, things are kind of in limbo. You don't know what's going on. Sometimes it really breaks up families. You know, I've seen that happen too, where it just destroys families. And so, um, William Haw is a lawyer and he's a, uh, a state planner and he reached out to me and we started talking a little bit going back and forth about uh, estate planning and stuff like that and what he offers here in the city of Whittier. And I thought to myself, you know what, this would be a really good interview. This would be a really good topic to cover and share with the My Whittier podcast audience because it's relevant. And, you know, a lot of us don't really know what's going on with estate planning, what it entails and all that stuff. So I invited Will on the show, and um, this is a sponsored podcast, but I thought it would be really, really beneficial to you guys. So um, he's a really great guy. 
we got to talking about estate planning and it got really interesting. So I want you to hear this interview. This is my interview with William Haw. He is a professional uh, lawyer and uh, estate planner. And this is how that interview went. Check it out. All right, I'm here with William Haw Law, a professional law corporation. William Haw, welcome to the show, man. I really appreciate you being on today. Thanks, uh, Bob. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Big fan. Yeah, man. So this is a uh, our first sponsored interview, and I really appreciate you reaching out to me and um, asking me to be on the show. And I looked at your your bio. We talked a little bit, and this is a this is a subject that I really think is going to resonate with the people of Whittier. And I'm really excited to get into that. But before we talk about estate planning, how did you get started, man? Or actually, how did you find my Whittier? How did you find me? <laughs> yeah, so um, before moving to Whittier, um, I was trying to figure out where the best breakfast burritos were um, in town. So you were popping up on YouTube. I clicked on it, and um, I found you reviewing some of the, 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 the breakfast burritos that you love. And... I checked them out, sure enough, and then I and then I found your Instagram and your podcast. So, uh, basically, the burritos let me see you. you know? Right? Yeah, that happens a lot. I'll, I'll be noticed in public a lot, and they'll say, "Are you the my Whittier guy?" And I'll say, <laughs> "Yeah, you recognize me without a burrito in my hand or, or a burger in my hand." <laughs> right. You're like a, the, you're probably the biggest celebrity here in town, I would imagine. No, no. <laughs> but it's it's fun, man. It's really fun. So. Um, Estate planning, really, this subject is really, um, it resonates with me because I talk to a lot of people. I'm 54 years old now, and I talk to a lot of people that are dealing with the states um, that were left to them. They are um, figuring out how to, how to drop a will or make an estate plan and all that stuff. So this is a really an important subject, and I'm really interested to hear a lot of your answers to the, these questions coming up. But how did you uh, how did you get into this arena? Yeah, so a um, bit more background about myself. Um, so I became a lawyer uh, back in 2008 um, here in California. Uh, did litigation, did that for a couple of years. Uh, ended up taking a hiatus away from law in, entirely. Ended up doing software engineering for about six years. Uh, got back in the law. Um, and uh, estate planning was something I was always interested in doing. Uh, instead of litigating, I wanted to, um, you know, work with people one-on-one, having actual people clients as opposed to corporate clients. Um, and I love building things. I love um, getting to know people, know their stories, know their families. Um, and, and basically, I think uh, estate planning ended up being a, a natural fit. Um, so that, that, that's how I got into estate planning. Um, I, Law practice actually ended up taking me out to um, New Mexico as well, where, where my, my wife, she's a doctor, she ended up um, practicing in a, like a really small town, rural town, so I did rural um, law practice for a while. Um, my son was born, and then we ended up moving back to Southern California. She took a job back at where she did a residency at PIH, and we've been with her um, basically since. Um, you know, a smallish town vibes, um, but, you know, very close to L.A. still. So it's rolled away, but the mentality is um, pretty pretty similar, you know. Yeah, yay friendly town. That's exactly. Like to I, can't, I want to buy one of your T-shirts if, yeah. you, if you have that one. Yay um, friendly yeah. town. So um, estate planning. Now, um, is estate, 
an estate planning, is that the same as drawing up a will? Is that, what you, is that the same thing or what are the differences there? It is, um, but estate planning is so much more than just the will. Uh, I think people get fixated on things and stuff, um, you know, doing a will or a trust, but estate planning is beyond that. It, um, it's about um, who your guardians should be just in case of an accident when you're no longer around because you know, you're in a horrible car accident or something like that and your minor children need help. Um, you know, who do you nominate to take care of your kids? Um, what do you do about an advanced healthcare directive when you want to define the scope of your treatment in a medical setting, right? Let's say you don't, you don't want um, life support or you do want life support. Um, how do you make that decision beforehand? Uh, what about when you're um, incapacitated, where you could no longer really do a lot of things when it comes to um, just the day-to-day -day financials or, or taxes and stuff like that? So it's basically, um, you know, um, like it's almost like life planning uh, or even death planning. Um, yes, the will and the trust is a component, but it's um, beyond that, too. There's, there's just a lot of implications overall. So estate planning, essentially, you're, you're talking about life planning as well. So this isn't just when somebody passes away. This is more detailed, like you just said, you, you, right. in case you're incapacitated and right. you, can't, you, you have bills piling up and stuff right. like that. Who's going to have access to your bank account? Who's going to go in and pay these bills? Yes. Things like that. Yeah, and like uh, people uh, are really fixated on, or they, they think they'll live forever, first of all. Um, people don't like to think about... Um, what happens when they're older. Um, but the reality is that it's not just you, there's people who depend on you, um, your kids, your grandkids, um, or maybe you're taking care of kids um, for somebody else. Um, so it's, it's almost as if like you're, you're basically trying to make a plan or like a, a playbook for people to, to kind of move in and, and do things. Um, so, you know, you're, you, you work with small businesses. Um, there are a lot of small business owners here. Um, a small business, like let's say you pass all of a sudden in an accident or you pass because of natural causes, like who's going to take care of your business? How should the business be run? Um, so people are so fixated on the car or the house, but it's, your, it's everything else. It's your livelihood. It's your kids. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe you, want, maybe you want more control. Maybe you want things to be done a certain way that you can't do if you... Uh, left things unsaid, basically. So um, it's interesting because obviously we start thinking about estate planning, we start thinking about wills when we're, we get a little older in our years. But um, with your expertise, what would you say, like if I was uh, in my 30s and I had a business and all that, is it something that I should think about drawing up? Just, you know, it doesn't have to be so intricate in the beginning because you're, you're still younger and maybe that's not on your mind, but just to kind of get that rolling, get that process out there, kind of have some type of blueprint or... Yeah, at the very least, you should start thinking about it. Uh, thinking about um, what your priorities are, what's important to you, and, um, and who some good people in your life are. Um, so, um, taking some steps back, um, so having an estate plan or having a will, um, as in like who gets what and how much, um, even though you, if you don't have any documents like in place, the, the state of California actually has default rules already in place for you. Uh, it's called intestacy succession. Basically, if, um, if you're an adult and you have two kids and 
you pass away all of a sudden and you have no will, then um, you know, your things by default should go to both of your kids if you have no remaining spouse. Um, and also, um, uh, and, that's, and that's done through the process of probate. Um, probate happens when you happen to have assets that people either are owed or they, they want. Uh, so let's say a person who's 45 dies in a car accident or you know, something, cancer or um, terminal illness. Um, suppose they have a house worth $700,000 fully paid off, um, but then they also happen to have a $80,000 credit card bill from Chase. Like pro they're gonna, Chase is gonna open up probate. Somebody's gonna open up probate. Probate's going to happen. Um, and that's when, you, probate is when you basically figure out who gets what and how much. Um, you tie up all affairs, uh, sell what you need to sell, and then the probate the process closes. So if you don't have a will, um, the default rules will apply. But when you die, probate will happen unless you do some things to try to avoid it overall. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure if that answered your question. Yeah, or... absolutely. Um, and that, that brings me to another question. I don't, I don't know if I'm jumping around here or not. But basically, um, I've talked to a lot of friends and family over the years, and they are le they're left property. Right. And they're left a house or, you know, a, a condo or something like that. And they say, hey, I got a house and everything's going to be great. There is no will, but I got the house and I'm going to I'm going to get the house and I'm going to sell it or I'm going to live in it and all that good stuff, which yeah. is great. But um, when that happens and you don't have an estate plan in place, what what are the tax implications? Because obviously you're going to inherit a home. And if it wasn't done correctly, you were going to not inherit the, the taxes that they were paying, but you're going to be thrust into today's uh, tax bracket and have to deal with that. Right. So uh, tax is a fairly uh, technical, thorny subject. And I, I can certainly give you guys the, uh, the brief um, lowdown on it. So in the state of California, when you inherit property, you're probably dealing with um, maybe three classes of taxes that may apply. It generally may not actually. Um, so the first one, um, it won't apply to most people, uh, is a, um, a roughly 40% estate tax that happens on an inheritance. So um, the reason why that generally does not imply, apply is that um, it's only for estate sizes that are over $25 million for a couple or uh, roughly 12 million and change for a single person. So unless the state you're inheriting is beyond those amounts, minus any deductions or credits. Um, you won't have such um, a tax problem, although this, the law is due to sunset. So unless they um, they make these changes or extend it, it really shouldn't be an issue. So that that is one tax issue that may it may or may not um, occur for most people. But I would imagine um, there are very few. Um, uh, estates that deal deal with that issue. So you're saying if yeah. if somebody inherits a home that they bought in the 70s, right? They give it to their grandchildren to live in. Yeah. Uh, are the grandchildren going to pay the same taxes? Or oh, gonna... so you're talking about property taxes? Yes. Okay, so I could certainly get into that too. Okay. Um, I mean, so just let's, the, let's just let's jump basically. right in. Yeah. So um, uh, property taxes are a big one. So uh, a little bit of history lesson. Um, so back in the late 70s, there's something called uh, Prop 13. 
Um, why it's important is um, between 1975 and 1978, um, the home values like just jumped up completely. So much so that all of a sudden, um, people's taxes that were due just went up like three, four, five, six fold. So people, senior citizens on fixed incomes and stuff like that, they all of a sudden could not afford to pay to live in the house that they paid off, for example. So the Californias, the Californians had a revolt, tax revolt. They passed a law in like '78 or '79 where, you know what, we're going to limit um, the, the the taxation of the assessed value at one percent, tops, and also the tax can't go up every single year more than two percent. Um, and then a couple of years later, uh, they passed another proposition that made it so that um, your kids could actually inherit that same tax, favorable tax treatment. Um, so, so long as it was not sold to somebody else um, and it was just through an inheritance, um, they should be able to keep that same assessment. So this would answer why uh, your neighbor might pay way less than you currently do um, if you bought the property outright from a stranger for 700 grand or something like that. Although um, this exception um, ended up changing um, with this proposition called Prop 19, it went into effect in early 2021. Basically, um, the issue was that people got the house, kept the tax basis, but they're renting it out either through Airbnb or something like that. Um, now the rule is that you actually have to stay and live in this principal residence, otherwise you won't be able to get that tax, favorable tax treatment. So it, it actually has gotten quite thorny. A lot of people feel as though um, they were fooled by that proposition, as in, you know, they never meant to do away with this, um, this, um, this favorable, favorable tax treatment. Although um, this proposition does allow for a couple other things. It allows senior citizens to um, sell a house and buy a new house uh, and keep a certain tax basis. So they're actually able to port that, um, that favorable tax treatment. So there are some pros to that, um, but certainly, um, you know, the, 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 the quote unquote loophole in which you could take advantage of what your parents or grandparents um, paid in terms of taxes, um, that's narrowed quite a bit. So it is, um, you know, worth researching before um, you know, the, the property is transferred. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's a, a million layers to estate planning, it sounds like, and this is just one of them that seems to come up more often. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on to shed that light because your expertise in this area uh, really makes us understand that there are implications to Things you know, I mean, as simple as simple as okay, I'm going to leave them the house. I don't have a will. I don't have an estate, but they'll figure it out once I'm gone. It'll right. it'll just magically work itself out, and we know that that's not the case because you know sometimes you can have a really great relationship with family, and right. something happens, and then there's a lot of money uh, on the table, and if there isn't um, clear direction, right. You could see how that could get ugly really quickly. Absolutely, and um, it could destroy families too. I mean, like I've seen families um, get torn apart over uh, a fairly modest estate size, for example, and not just money. I mean, like uh, when it comes to like um, end of life decisions, for example, you know, mother uh, can't speak for for herself. She's currently in a coma. Sister wants to please everybody, um, but 
she doesn't want to quote unquote pull the plug, for example, because she doesn't want to be responsible. Like, so it um, families end up getting into a lot of um, uh, restructuring or uh, uncertainty or fights um, when it comes to all of this, you know. Um, so it's good to have a plan. I mean, the the other the third um, tax issue I wanted to tell you about is um, income taxes, right? So if you don't have a plan, and let's say um, you're you're an elderly couple. Um, and you want to quote-unquote add your son to the title of the property, it's totally possible, and it could totally, um, they, they can, in fact, quote-unquote, inherit or, or get the property after both, uh, both parents are gone, but that's actually, there are actually a lot of landmines when it comes to that. The, the, the big issue is that um, already you're already subjecting that, um, that property um, to creditors, or, or issues with bankruptcies if, if your son filed for bankruptcy. Um, income tax is then an issue because you made the, the transfer during your life, so you might have um, some tax issues to deal with there. But the other thing is that finally, when your son takes the house because you've both passed and he goes to sell it, suppose uh, your parents, the, the parents bought it for $100,000 now it's worth $900,000, so it's gotten a, a hundred, an $800,000 gain. The son sells it. Um, he now has to deal with the capital gain issue there. And the reason why that is is because um, it, was not, it did not get transferred through an inheritance vehicle. It just got gifted. Um, what happened was that he ended up not getting a stepped-up basis um, for the capital gains. So the IRS would think that um, if you inherit the house, it's now worth $900,000. It's as if you paid $900,000 for it, there's no gain, you sell it, um, and that's fine. But um, if you were joint tenants with your parents and you sell the house, you, you're now subject to a, a, a capital gain that you, have to, that, that you have to reckon with with IRS, basically. So there's a, a lot of landmines when it comes to this stuff, um, and it just requires a little bit more um, meditation on it before you um, before you do anything, basically. So definition, very quickly, of a capital gain. Right, so let's say, for example, I buy one stock for $10, um, and then next year, um, it's now worth $100, and I sell it. So you've made um, $90, that's a capital gain of $90, and then that's treated as income by the IRS. Um, and then there's some more distinctions as to like whether or not it's short-term gain or, or, or long-term capital gain, um, and that's taxed at different rates. Um, so I'm not a I'm not a tax attorney. I don't want to give anyone uh, tax advice. And also my my main disclaimer is that this is for information only. It's not legal advice either. Um, but yeah, like capital gains are a thing. Like people um, who buy and sell stocks in Robinhood, or if they got caught up on the cryptocurrency craze, they probably um, were subject to capital gains that they did not even realize um, when, they, when they bought and sold basically the past couple of years. Interesting. Now, um, so if we, with all this information that we're gathering now and I want to make an estate plan, what would be the first step? How do we go about doing that with you? Uh, so if you want to work with me, um, so my, my, my whole practice philosophy is that I'm trying to make things um, fairly modern, tech forward. So I, I leverage heavily on technology. Um, the first step is if you want have any questions for me, I could certainly give you guys a, a short phone call um, to talk through a couple of things. You can reach me at 562-600-2000. Uh,
2650. Um, you can also uh, message me over on um, Instagram. My Instagram handle is called uh, Bite Size Estate Planning. Uh, but the process is, you know, I, I, I run you through to, to watch a webinar. It's a 45-minute presentation, and uh, it's where I basically give you a one-on-one boot camp about estate planning. Uh, it's slightly more in-depth than what happened here. Um, and if you're still interested in, 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 in working with me, you could contact me there, uh, and we could have um, some subsequent follow-up meetings. I could do an intake, and then um, we'll work on drafting your plan um, and, um, and basically go from there. But you know, with estate planning, it's it's difficult. It's it's worse than doing it's it's worse it's worse than going to the dentist. It's worse than like doing your taxes. No one wants to really think about uh, the finiteness of life. Uh, so I understand. Um, but I think my suggestion is, you know, if you're not ready to to move forward with estate planning, um, it's probably important to nonetheless just to just to learn what you can about the the basics. So that um, you, when you are ready, you certainly can move forward. Um, the, the the thing with the state planning is that the the hardest part is not the documents themselves. The hardest part is to figuring out who should do what, who should be the people who um, you end up appointing as your executors, personal representatives um, in your estate. If you create a trust, uh, who should be your trustees? Um, if you're trying to nominate guardians for your kids who are, you know, seven and four, who should be the guardians? Um, you know, should it be your sister-in-law? Should it be your mom who's slightly older? Um, should it be your friend who's out of state, for example? I, what I found is that these, these tough questions are where a lot of couples um, basically hang, uh, hang on because they're so, these difficult conversations to have and it's not until you have these conversations could you really move forward. So I think if anything, like, um, you know, you might be listening to this right now and, and find that you might not be ready for eight years, but it's just a healthy process to realize that, you know, number one, you're not going to live forever. Uh, number two, people depend on you. And number three, um, it, you know, this is a thing that will happen no matter what. Um, you know, you, you really can't plan for it. And, um, you know, we're... Um, we don't we don't live forever basically. Yeah, and I think it's important. <clears throat> you said that you you know you want to get people in place. You know, maybe somebody in your family is um, more in tune with certain areas of of somebody's life. You know, maybe this person's more plugged into the business side. Exactly. This person spends more time with your mom and dad, and so now you got everybody in place. But you also have to really. Uh, I guess drill down a little bit and get into the um, more involved aspects of that. Okay, now you're in charge of mom and dad if something were to happen and you had to make the decision to, to unplug mom or whatever. So now you're now you got to talk to mom and say, okay, be very specific with me. What, what, you know, if so, if ABC happens, what would you want to happen? What, you right. know, and you get, you get kind of into the meat and potatoes of that because it's not just having these people in place, but also understanding the ramifications, how, you know, cause there's so many things that can happen. So you want to try and cover all those bases, correct? Absolutely. And like people, different people in your, in your circle have different skill sets. Like you said, I mean, like, um, your, your daughter-in-law may be the nurse, for example. 
Heck, she might work at PAH where, 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 the, where the hospitalization has happened. Um, like there's a lot of different um, hats to be worn and I think it's really important to like just kind of take inventory like as, as to what you have, like what your, what your circle has. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a small business owner and you know that um, your, your son who's an accountant, um, maybe you should appoint him as a trustee to run things, to figure things out. Um, um, you know, they, and vice versa. If somebody right. tends to spend a crap ton of money exactly. and you don't want to just give them a chunk of, of cash when you check out and you want to kind of like... So, right. you know, divvy that up over years. Right. Know. And like, so the interesting thing about that is that um, you, you can't do that with the will. I mean, with the will, all, all that's happening is it's just a memo for the judge telling the judge who you want to be the quarterback and who, who should be getting what and how much. That's all it is. So once everything's been split up, um, that's it. Everybody goes, goes home, probate closes. If you want further control and protection as to your assets and where they should go and how much the people should get, um, really you, you need something like a trust, for example. Um, a trust is basically, and I, I think this is, I don't wanna give information overload because it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and you know you could absolutely you know, digest this information more than once. We're gonna have them contact you for all that, <laughs> yeah, for, for, yeah. for more in-depth. Right, yeah, yeah. But, um, but basically a trust is an agreement between people to manage your assets while you're alive and also after you're, you're, you're gone. Um, and you know, when you first create the trust as a married couple, um, you're typically all three things. You're the trustee, the person who manages the trust, the trustor, the person who created the trust, and also the beneficiary. You typically almost always make a, well, take that back. Um, people often um, you make a, what's called a uh, revocable living trust, meaning you call all the shots, you're still the trustee, you manage everything. If you decide that you don't want the trust at all anymore, you could tear everything apart, revoke it, and you, you control all the assets yourself. Nothing really legally changes significantly until um, people start dying. And that's when the trust really starts kicking in with certain provisions um, and, and, and the, the administration happens. But basically, like I said, it's, um, it's an agreement between people to manage your property during life and after life. So for example, um, hus husband and wife, they're in their 60s. Their daughter is 27 or something like that, um, married, um, brother, uh, son, same thing. And uh, one of the spouses, um, you know, is uh, more susceptible to um, spending a lot of money uh, because he has a lot of business ideas and he um, is not really good when it comes to money, for example. So if you had no special provisions in place and then your daughter or your son has that money, um, if it gets deposited right in the, into, the, in the, into the community property joint account, um, the in-law, the, 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 the kid-in-law, the son-in-law, the daughter-in-law um, would then have access to the money, right? What if they get, what, what if they get a divorced, um, divorce? What if they get, um, um, they run away with that money, for example? Many layers um, to this. There, Many there, layers. There's, it's, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot of like different uh, possibilities and, um, and this is why it's a difficult process. It's a difficult um, situation where you have to really plan things out and really talk through some difficult um, 
um, things about your family. So that, that's why it's not a very simple process where you just make the quill, make the trust, go to LegalZoom, and then you're done. You know? Right. Um, you absolutely can go to LegalZoom, um, but then again, the, you only get one shot at this because you don't really know. The, the, the documents don't come into play until um, you pass, so um, if something's wrong. That's um, they, when we see if they hold water. Exactly, yeah, yes. Okay, so with that being said, now um, once the once the wheels are in motion and you're planning, or you've planned your estate, you have some type of uh, estate plan in motion, that can now be updated. Correct? You could update that as much as you want. Correct? Absolutely, uh, with the exception of making um, a trust that's uh, irrevocable, meaning it's fixed. Um, you could basically update um, almost all your documents. Um, a will is absolutely revocable. Uh, you can absolutely change it, make amendments. Um, uh, legally, formally, the names of amendments uh, within the same will is called a codicil. But um, you, you know, the, the cleanest way to, to, to change the will is simply to revoke the old will and say that the, the brand new will is the, the current will. Um, with, the, with the trust document, you absolutely can make an amendment. Um, uh, these are formally called a restatement. Um, it's almost like a brand new trust and you just change the terms on it. Um, same thing with uh, documents like advanced health care directives or, or general powers of, uh, powers of attorney uh, for, for finances. You could, you could basically um, change it, uh, re-execute it, and, and these things were basically in place. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's really important to, to stay organized, basically have a binder in the house, a hard copy, um, thumb drives, PDFs of executed documents. Um, when, you, when you go through the estate planning process with me, um, you know, I gave you the physical copies, but I also give you a thumb drive as well. Uh, I, mean, I email you yearly to ask you if anything changed in your life. You know, new marriage, new kid, um, you know, new, uh, did you win the lottery? Like whatever it is, right? Like um, anything you want changed, uh, you absolutely can get changed. Um, but yeah, everything could So you're be. kind of touching base, consulting absolutely. as you go. And, yeah. and once they sign up with you, you're going right. to be, you know, hands-on and make sure that everything's, right. you know, being updated and, and watched over. Yeah, and, and, and the goal is to establish a, a working relationship with you. You know, I, I do want to be um, your attorney. I would like clients for life. Um, and that's why I've gotten into this uh, business in this field, you know. Um, I, I want to actually work with people. And I think, um, you know, having a lawyer, it doesn't have to be me necessarily. It could be any other estate planning lawyer. I mean, that's the benefit of working with somebody who, who knows that your kid, you know, is currently playing baseball at um, a D1 school or something like that. Who knows that your daughter just um, got married, you know. Like, it, it's really cool to see the progression of, like, um, of, um, of families, you know, of a life lived. Exactly, yeah, yeah. and I and then like uh, you know me being a young father now, like that's a huge shift for me. Like now that I am have now I'm not am a dad and I've got a family, and I have another one on, on the way. It's like oh yeah, I totally get this now. Uh, it's changed me. Um, um, well, it seems like yeah. you got it in the first place, but now you really, you really. <laughs> yeah, now, now I understand it's what really, it means to have a family. Yeah, you know? so it's yeah. Uh, it's huge. Um, so I. I like working with um, all people, um, um, so especially families and young, young couples too. I, I enjoy working on their estates. So like you said, um, 
There is a lot to digest here, and I really, really appreciate you coming on to the show because I think this is relevant information. I think that um, the uh, the podcast, the My Whittier Podcast listener, really, really should hear this and um, reach out to you and, and get the ball rolling because I know this is on a lot of minds out there. And it's a topic that, um, like you said, it's a tough topic, but it has to be discussed. Um, you know, it's going to happen eventually. You know, we all meet our demise at some point, and it's nice to know that you can get all your ducks in a row and um, make it a lot easier for people that you leave behind. So um, I'm here with Will, William Ha, and he is a professional law corporation with... Uh, and this is what he does for a living. So once again, Will, let us know how to get a hold of you and um, get in touch so we could get the ball rolling here. Absolutely. Uh, you could call me, 562-600-2650. Uh, um, that's, that's the cell phone, um, uh, business cell phone. I'm currently also on Instagram where I do um, little, little short clips, little, little short clips of estate planning concepts. Um, it's called bite-sized estate planning. Um, you know, I'm a huge foodie like, like Bob, myself, and uh, basically the estate planning concepts are done over um, B-reel of food making. Um, so you can contact me in those, those two places. If you want to email me, uh, my email address is will.ha, so that's W-I-L-L dot H-A at WilliamHaLaw.com. Um, but yeah, uh, phone, Instagram, email, um, those are the places to get to me at. Um, and uh, if you have any questions, I can certainly, you know, spend, spend the time and answer any quick questions. But um, I think the, the number one thing is just getting you educated on um, understanding the fundamentals of what the issues are. And if you still are interested, we could absolutely move forward. And definitely. And then let them know. Also, when you contact Will, make sure and let them know that um, my Whittier sent you over. And uh, that way we kind of get a gauge of who's, uh, who's listening and who, who reached out to you for the podcast. It's just always good to know. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Will, any last words? You covered it pretty much there. I think uh, I, I, think think I did. Uh, th thank you so much, Bob, for having me here. And no I, problem. Like I said, I you know, enjoy your content. I'm a, I'm a fairly diehard follower. I, I watch every single story and clip. Uh, and I look forward to... Um, a new true food review, basically. Yeah. I appreciate your support, man. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll meet again for sure. Thank Likewise, you. Likewise. Thank you much. All right. Well, there you have it. William Ha. And uh, you can reach out to William. You can check out his website, WilliamHaLaw.com. As you just heard, he is very knowledgeable, very personable. He really loves what he does, and he wants to help you with your estate planning. So if you need help with that, maybe this resonates with you. Maybe you've been thinking about getting this taken care of and you just didn't know where to go. You can reach out to William. He can take you through the, uh, the paces and make it very easy for you. There's no pressure. It's just, um, it's a really tough subject to talk about for some people. He makes it easy. And, um, like I said, you just heard how knowledgeable he is. That's just uh, scratching the surface, though. So there's a lot more to cover there. Reach out to him. Get yourself taken care of and uh, get your estate planned. You would be really, really happy that you did so. So there you go. William Hoff, thank you for being on the show, man. That was really, really good stuff.
Okay, we got news that an arrest was made in the uh, homicide that happened on uh, Goodhue Street, Scott Avenue and Goodhue Street on August 28th. Roland Alexander was an 84-year-old man. He was um, stabbed to death in his home, and that person was caught just a few days ago. We don't know the... uh, the suspect's name or what he looks like at this point. They haven't released anything, but he has been caught. Obviously, uh, Whittier uh, was on edge with that one. He actually um, assaulted another elderly man on another street. I believe it was Fernview Street, and then uh, came in over to Goodhue Street, walked in through an unlocked door, and unfortunately, Roland Alexander uh, beloved neighbor and Whittier resident was killed. So um, condolences to the Alexander family. We are, uh, we seem like we're saying this a little bit too much here in Whittier and it's disturbing. It's unfortunate. And um, I guess we could take a little solace in knowing that this suspect is under arrest and behind bars. And we will see how this plays out uh, over the next few days here. Okay, we have some things happening here in the city of Whittier that I want you to know about. The first one is an electronic recycling drop-off. A lot of you ask me about this, and we have one this weekend, September 9th and 10th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Laurel Elementary School, 13550 Lambert Road, Whittier, California, Saturday and Sunday. If you're looking to get rid of all of those recyclables, those electronics that are just cluttering up your house, you can drop them off at Laurel Elementary School on September 9th and 10th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. A service charge for major appliances will be applied. Just keep that in mind. That includes microwaves and cooling units. But uh, if you have some stuff you want to drop off, Laurel Elementary School this weekend. All right, September 13th, guys, we are back at the Uptown Whittier Night Market, a backyard playground. This is going to be really, really cool from 5 to 9 p.m., an interactive backyard playground like no other. Family-friendly and fun for all ages. Enjoy a soft play pin and mini golfing area with friends. There is going to be a free rock climbing wall And as usual, 100 vendors with local business owners, food, live music, and much, much more. This is going to be great, guys. You guys always ask me about the Whittier Night Market. So here it is, Wednesday, September 13th from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the 7,000 block of Greenleaf Avenue. Thursday, September 14th at the Central Library, 7344 Washington Avenue. Author talk with Annette Dunlap. She is going to highlight and detail the life of Lou Henry Hoover, the amazing life of Lou Henry Hoover. This is going to happen at 6 p.m. on Thursday, September 14th. If you have any questions, you can call 562-567-9900. Limited seating, free tickets available at the Central Adult Reference Desk. Hey, you can make a contribution to this podcast if you'd like. You can go to mywittier.com and click that button there. And there's a uh, link that will take you to an area where you can actually make a 99-cent 
uh, contribution, a $4.99 or $9.99. Many of you are doing that currently, and I really appreciate it. I do this all on my own dime, and anything that you can throw my way really does help, so thank you for that. Uh, many of you were asking about the Halloween shirts. The Halloween shirts are going to drop, I'm hoping, this week. They are live on the website. If you want to get a jump on that, you can uh, go to the website and purchase one now. I will mail that to you as soon as they get here. And uh, please drop me a message. Send me a message at uh, contactmywittier at gmail.com. I want to know what you guys thought about the podcast today. I want to know what your first job was and what you think about the content. I would really be interested in knowing what is going on to make the podcast better for you. I want to thank Will Ha for coming on and dropping his knowledge on estate planning. That was really, really good. And hopefully you guys um, will reach out to him and get the ball rolling for your estate planning as well. Make sure and tune in to next week's podcast, September 13th, Wednesday, September 13th. We are going to have Ryan Banfield on the show, Haunted Rose, Haunted Attraction, coming to the Whittier Museum. We're going to give you all of the details of this amazing event that happens every year uh, in October. So you do not want to miss that. And that is going to do it for this week's episode of the My Whittier Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And uh, make sure and get hyper-focused on you. Get hyper-focused on you guys. We've got four months left in the year. And I want you to just focus on your family, your job, your fitness, eating right. Whatever it is you want to do. Whatever it is you want to be better at. Focus on it. Don't worry about anybody else. Put the blinders on and just focus on you. Do you the best you can. And I promise you're going to have some great results. I will catch you next time right here on the My Whittier Podcast. See you later, guys. Thank you.